Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Congratulations on getting through your 9 to 5. Thank you so much for listening. It is a drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. My name is Karen Harrison. Very excited to be here today. Rob is here as well, taking you up until 6 o'clock. We're going to do today's 5 o'clock hour a little bit differently. Earlier today, Clark Hunt, owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, was on the station. He was on the midday show. We'll play the best of that conversation coming up in 30 minutes. If you miss the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, you can check out the podcast page, 610sports.com, also the Odyssey app, or you can just stick around until 530, and we can all listen to it together. So we'll do that coming up in just a little bit. Before we start to talk about yesterday's media day, I want to tell you how disappointed I am in the San Francisco 49ers and how they are setting themselves up for the complaints. Now, I don't know if you guys will know this or not, but the Chiefs, they haven't beaten a playoff opponent in probably three years. Every time the Chiefs beat somebody, something is the reason why. Whether it's the field, whether it's the officiating, whether it's the time of day, whether it's some conspiracy, it wasn't written into the script. The Chiefs never beat anybody It is some divine intervention that constantly chooses that a team in the middle of the country that is the 35th biggest media market, they're just out to get them. So yesterday, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but the Chiefs practiced in pads yesterday. They chose to. The Chiefs as a team decided, hey, it's Super Bowl week. We want to set the tones. They have not practiced in pads since October That's not part of the NFL anymore. You don't practice in pads. They wanted to yesterday. That's day one. We're setting the tone. We're setting the tempo. This is a business trip. San Francisco was complaining about the field. A field that, by the way, passed inspection. A field, by the way, that met all the NFL safety guidelines. The NFL spent the day complaining about the field. They then spent the day asking Kansas City to switch their practice schedule to accommodate San Francisco. Absolutely not. There's nothing wrong with your field. It's not unsafe. It's a preference. I'm disappointed in you, San Francisco. This is a team that prides themselves on toughness. Isn't that what we heard from Peter King? That Debo Samuel is tough. That George Kittle is tough. Trent Williams is tough. This is a physical football team. They're complaining about the firmness of the field. That's what champions do. That's what the best team in the NFL does. 
disappointing behavior as we start Super Bowl week. Nonsense. And they're setting themselves up for the excuses. Oh, we know the excuses. Cincinnati had a bunch of excuses when they lost last year in the AFC championship game. Philadelphia. Philadelphia, they were triggered by a TikTok. San Francisco is already setting up the excuses if they lose in the Super Bowl here coming up in a couple of days. A couple of audio clips that I would like to play for you guys before we get to the hits. Number one, it's Clark Hunt. I'd like to play this for you before we hear the best of the conversation because Mike Florio has been on a one-man crusade to discuss Andy Reid retirement rumors. Now, I don't want to make it seem like I know. Me and Andy are not boys. We don't talk. We don't hang out or anything. But there has been no smoke, no reason to believe that Andy Reid is going to retire at the end of the season. There has been no hint. We haven't heard anything about any health or family. None of those things that would make you retire prematurely. For our understanding, Andy Reid is happy. He works for a great organization, lives in a great city, has the best football team in the world, has maybe the greatest quarterback that God has ever created. And now he's just like, eh, I'm good. I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, I have been in the National Football League for 30 years. And now when I have seemingly everything that I ever wanted, I just don't want to do it anymore. Well, Clark Hunt was asked this question earlier today from Cody and Gold, and here's what he had to say about the retirement rumors circulating around their head coach. I've been fascinated to see the number of articles out there speculating about uh, Andy's future. I I have no sense from him uh, that he's ready to hang it up. Uh, He loves what he's doing. He is energized uh, by this team. Um, He has one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, So I'm not expecting him to to step down at the end of the season and uh, look forward, hopefully, to him coaching the Chiefs for many more years. Please stop this nonsense. There will be a time to talk about Andy Reid retiring. When Andy gets closer to 70, I am happy to re-engage this conversation in this debate. That's when Bill Belichick has seemingly retired or went off to be a podcaster. Pete Carroll, Nick Saban. I get it. He's 65. In five years, or not this time when the Olympics coming, because the Olympics are coming up this summer. The next time we have the Summer Olympics, we can have that conversation. I don't even know where it is, Rob. Do you know where it is? I know they're in Paris in 2024. Do you know where the 2028 Olympics are going to be? When we get there, we can have a conversation about Andy Reid. Mark it down. I'll be here. You'll be here. We can have that conversation. But until then, no. He is not retiring. He is not going anywhere. He will continue to be the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. Another player that I feel very confident is not going to retire anytime soon is Travis Kelsey. Listen to Travis Kelsey's voice and tell me if you hear the voice of a player that is playing in his final NFL game. I've been on a mission ever since I won my first Super Bowl. Uh, we, we made it back to, to the Super Bowl the year after 2019, obviously lost to the, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, that's motivated me to get back to this point right here. So um, you'll hear me say this a lot, but I want this one more than I've ever wanted a a Super Bowl in my life. And it's because of the type of team we have, the people that we have in this thing, but also because that tier of uh, teams that have done it twice have uh, gone down in history as uh, some of the greats. You can still hear a passion in Travis Kelsey's voice. 
I still believe the fire is lit. I still think Travis Kelsey is motivated by going out there and winning at a high level the way the Chiefs have, and I believe that he is motivated in trying to be the best tight end in the world. And as long as you have those two, and you have stayed relatively healthy, I know that this year he was banged up maybe a little bit more than normal, but he didn't have a significant injury this year. He missed, what, two games? One was by choice. And then the first one at the very beginning of the season. I think Travis Kelsey is still motivated to go out there and play at a really high level. If anything, I think that next year it could be easier for Travis Kelsey. The Chiefs are going to go out in free agency and give you some help, some additional help. Or they're going to spend a first-round draft pick to go get you a wide receiver in a very deep draft class. If anything... I think we could see that the Chiefs get closer and closer to not relying on Travis Kelsey to be Superman, and we just need you to be productive. And, hey, if you could still be Superman, that's great. He was Superman in the AFC Championship game. It's a major reason why they won. He was the best skill position player on the field. He was incredible. 11 catches, 115 yards, one touchdown, had an incredible catch in the back of the end zone. Travis Kelsey can still play this game at a really high level. Maybe he's not the same he was two years ago or four years ago, but he is still a matchup nightmare, and he will eat the middle of your zone. We have seen that too many times over the last two years. I don't think that Travis Kelsey is done playing football anytime soon. So I hope, let me knock on wood here, let me hope, I hope that this is the last time that we have these conversations for a while. Because I don't, there is no one who is close to Andy Reid who has given you any reason to believe that he is retiring. There is no one close to Travis Kelsey that has given you any reason to believe that he is done playing football at the end of the season. Both of them seem incredibly motivated by their success, and they still seem like, hey, the job's not done. If you're Travis Kelsey and you win this Super Bowl, knowing how close you are to Patrick Mahomes, You got a chance to help him do something that no quarterback ever has done. And you got a chance to be a part of a team that is doing something that no team has ever done before. Think about the great teams in NFL history, the Cowboys, the Niners, the Steelers, the Patriots. None of them won three in a row. If the Chiefs win on Sunday and the Chiefs make the improvements that we think they are going to make in the offseason, winning three in a row will be a realistic conversation about the Chiefs. You know they're going to win their division. You know they're going to be back in the postseason. And Patrick Mahomes is entering what should be the prime of his career. The Chiefs will be the Super Bowl favorites to win their third Super Bowl and do something that no team in the history of the game has ever done before. Kelsey's not retiring in that scenario. He's not retiring. So I hope, I hope that Super Bowl media day and earlier today with Clark Hunt, and we'll play that full conversation for you coming up in 20 minutes. I hope that ends the conversation, Rob, about those two guys and this potentially being their final game. I mean, one of two things is true. Either A, you're right, and this can just go away. Clark said today, you'll hear the whole conversation here in about 20 minutes. Andy has said it before. We've had press conference where he jokes about, hey, why you guys think that? Because I'm old. Ha, ha, ha. I mean, I would agree on your side of thinking, hey, Andy Reid's going to be continuing to do this for a long time. Andy Reid's not the kind of guy that is it sleeps in the office kind of energy. He seems to love football, football and cheeseburgers. That's what Andy Reid loves. So I agree with you. But 
Florio NBC Monday morning quarterback keep floating this out there. And I know the city hates Mike Florio, but Mike Florio is a well-respected journalist. Maybe he's off on this. Maybe he's putting two and two together and he's off base. It's very possible. I'm not saying he's immaculate, but this isn't some just, Hey, did you see on pro football blog? One, two, three on Twitter said Andy Reid's retiring. This is, a notable person saying, keep your eye out for this. Last year, it was Jay Glazer saying, hey, there have been rumors and reports that Andy Reid might be retiring soon. Jay Glazer, outside of fighting UFC, this is what he does best, report on the NFL. So I agree with you. I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. Every time he talks, I fall into that category more and more. But it isn't like it's Joe Schmo egg avatar on Twitter that is throwing this out there. These are respected journalists who are saying this. And it's possible, I disagree with it, but it's possible there's smoke, there's fire to the smoke they keep talking about. I want to play this for you. That's a real quick soundbite regarding Travis Kelsey. And I don't think that Travis Kelsey has gotten nearly the amount of credit for this. No, I have no frame of reference for this, but I'm just simply looking at it. It seems like it's really hard to be Taylor Swift's boyfriend. And I'm not saying this as a knock towards her. I'm saying this as a matter of fact for how famous she is. Taylor Swift is possibly the most famous person in the world. Certainly in the conversation for the most famous people in the world. This is unlike any relationship that you have ever been in. This is unlike 99% of famous relationships that you could be in. Like, he could be in a relationship with Demi Lovato. It would not register one one-hundredth based of how it's registered based on his relationship. The reason I bring this up is I thought yesterday is Super Bowl media day. He handled it as well as you can possibly handle it. And he looked very comfortable in doing it. Hey, I know that this is what I have signed up for when I decided to be in a relationship with this person. Because you've got to think about Super Bowl media day. It's a lot of the nonsense. It's the riffraff. It's a lot of people trying to go viral for asking the question or doing some crazy stunt. And you are the it person. There is a difference between being a football star and a pop culture star. Travis Kelsey has crossed over. He is your underground band that can now play Sprint Center. That's what he has turned into over the last nine months or so. And you told me, Robin, I don't know this. I don't know all of her relationship. You listen to it. You know who loves stories about. I don't know. It seems like this could crack a lot of normal people or people buckle under the pressure of constantly being asked about your relationship. And no matter what you accomplish, they will always ask you questions about her. No matter what you do, Travis Kelsey just had his best game of the season and his team is going back to another Super Bowl. Rob, did you hear one football question that was asked to Travis Kelsey? One. Is one of them gone viral? Hey, how's your girlfriend? Is she coming to the game? What does her album sound like? Constantly questions about this. I think Travis Kelsey deserves a lot of credit for keeping it as cool as he has always been in these scenarios. I thought he handled it A+, and he handled it like a superstar. So I'm saluting Travis Kelsey for what I saw yesterday because I just imagine it can't be easy. Don't love you made me sound like a Swifty back there. No, you're a Swifty. That's okay. I just acknowledge the fact that a lot of her relationships are with very famous people. Jake Gyllenhaal, for example. Jake Gyllenhaal is probably more famous than Travis Kelsey. It broke. Not no more. Jake Gyllenhaal. (laughs) Not no more. Not no more. When they were dating. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, 
the most famous of the famous people have struggled in that limelight. John Mayer broke. Meanwhile, Travis Kelsey seems to be thriving in that environment. And good for him. They seem they seem to be there were doubts, questions, concerns about the validity of their relationship at the beginning by some people on this show, but they seem as strong now as I've ever seen a relationship. You know, they talk about having like a certain level of energy. I just think it takes a certain level of energy to handle these scenarios. And maybe all the people that she has talked to just don't have that level of energy. Because I saw somebody who seems really happy and confident in his relationship. Hey, we're good. I understand there's going to be outside noise. We're happy. You guys are the one creating the noise. We're good. I'm happy. I just think that's a lot harder than we have given Travis Kelsey credit. There are certain things that you used to be able to do that you can't do anymore. If you've been out in Kansas City, you've seen Travis Kelsey before. You've seen him going to eat at the bar. He was at Drunken Worm like nine months ago, like right before it closed. I saw him inside Drunken Worm. Hey, how's it going? Quick. You can't do that no more. Nope. That's not how it works. He can you, now you buy your Drunken Worm. Used, every girl you dated before now, you and her could go eat at Capital Grill right there in the middle and people wouldn't bother you. You can't do that anymore. You got to go when the restaurant is completely closed. You got to walk around with security. You didn't have to do that before. You got to now. And he seems like he has handled it really well. So I at least want to give Travis Kelsey credit for how he's handled it. And I think he's been a G about it. You want my opinion? I think he's been a G. Can you imagine how good the city would be if he had taken Taylor Swift to Drunken Worm? Drunken Worm would have made it. No. I mean. We would have had E.T. stories about Drunken Worm. I would like Taylor Swift more if she told me a Drunken (laughs) Worm story. Actually, I'd I'd be a bigger fan if you told me that. Like, if you told me that Taylor Swift went to Buzzard Beach, you know what? She officially is one of us at this point. You're telling me if Taylor Swift's like, hey, I went to High Low and then I popped over to Drunken Worm. You'd be like, I'm downloading this album. Can you imagine just seeing on Instagram, oh, hey, where's Taylor Swift? At? Oh, she's at Kelly's. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> oh, she's at, <laughs> she's at Harpo's. That'd be great. That sounds like a great time to me. I don't know why. I don't know why we can't make that happen. Why can't we give Taylor Swift just one day of really being a Kansas City? Leave her alone for one day. Hey, we're going to make you an official list in the city and we promise to not bother you. But these are things that you need to do. If you were going to be one of us, she's already one of us. Where on that list is Dodge potholes on the Missouri side. <laughs> is it two or I mean, is it she's one? Not driving? So it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> she's not driving. She's, I'm telling you that Taylor Swift has not driven a car since 2011. She has gone nowhere near a motor vehicle. Nowhere near. She ain't flying commercial and she is not driving your cars. No, not at all. No. She probably doesn't cook very often either. You know, I bake because I really want to make my boyfriend some cookies, but you think I'm about to go in there and no. No. Fernando, hook, hook, hook it up. Travis is hungry. Thank you. That's that's how I'm guessing uh, their relationship goes. Coming up in just a bit, we will play the best of Clark Hunt. Clark Hunt was on the midday show earlier today. And we will play the best of that conversation for you coming up in just a bit. We had Peter King on the show earlier today, and he thinks that the Super Bowl can be high scoring. I I cannot pick against Mahomes. It's just, I just don't think it makes any sense. Um, but I think the game is going to be high scoring. Um, you know, 34-30, something like that. I think there's going to be a lot of points. And – one of the reasons I think that is that both of these teams are extremely smart and know how to do stuff 
that the other defense is not going to be prepared for. So I like Kansas City, and I like it to be high scoring. Peter King and I are on different sides of this, and that's perfectly fine. The Chiefs haven't given up 30 points to any team in the National Football League. A team has not scored more than 27 points this year against Kansas City's defense. I'm big on just playing the probability. Like, I'm not going into this with the expectation that the Chiefs are holding Christian McCaffrey to 51 yards from scrimmage. That's just, that's not realistic. That didn't happen very often this season. Now, I don't think that Christian McCaffrey is going to have 170 yards and three touchdowns, not against this defense, but about playing the probabilities. What's most likely to happen? Based on what I saw in the postseason, I think think Brock Purdy is likely to throw an interception. I saw him do it against Green Bay. I saw him do it against Detroit. I feel really good that against this defense that can create pressure and with their secondary, I feel pretty good that Brock Purdy is going to give you one. He's going to give you a chance to make a play. I feel really good about Travis Kelsey. If you look at how he's performed in the postseason, 11 catches for 116 yards and one touchdown in the AFC championship game. He had two touchdown catches against Buffalo. He had 70 yards receiving in the Miami game. It is not realistic to me if you were San Francisco to go in this thinking, oh, man, we stopping Travis Kelsey. No one does that in the postseason. Everybody goes into it with the plan of, all right, hey, if we stop Travis Kelsey, we shut down their offense. No one has done it. So I don't know if that's realistic to go into this game anticipating your ability to do that. You probably won't. I don't think it's realistic to go into this game expecting it to be a shootout, not based on what Kansas City's defense has been, and also just based on Kansas City's offense. I haven't seen them get into and win many shootouts this year. Last year's team could do that. That's how last year's team won the Super Bowl, 38-35. I would just be surprised if San Francisco scored a whole lot of points in this game. And based off the offense that I saw in their last 30 minutes, I would also be surprised if that team hung a 38-35 spot on San Francisco. And I'm not super high on San Francisco's defense. I don't think they played that well against Green Bay. And I just saw the Lions score 31 points against them. And if we're being honest, San Francisco probably shouldn't even be in this game if Dan Campbell, I don't know, could just kick field goals. We'd be having a very different conversation about a very different team. I think this game is going to be low scoring. Major reason why is I just trust Kansas City's defense the most. Out of the four units in this game, both teams' offenses and both teams' defense, I think that Kansas City's defense is the best unit in this game. So I'm going into it with the expectation that they are going to play well on Sunday against San Francisco. If you're ranking all four, though, Chiefs offensive one, Niners offensive four, wouldn't that mean that the Chiefs offense is going to is probably third? Chiefs offense kind of comes in near the bottom, and you're going to get week on week and strength on strength in this Super Bowl? In that kind of how it's going to shake out? Because I'm betting. I don't know your list. I'm betting if you're ranking all four units, you have the Niners offense at two behind the Chiefs defense. Yes. So then that's how the game stays low scoring. And we agree. I don't see the shootout that Peter King does. I all year have famously been a hater, uh, but I've also been a hater because... Famously. That's all I like. I like hearing that. Famous. You are a famous hater. Famously a hater. But one of the reasons I've been a famous hater is because I have worried that, hey, if there is a game in the postseason that is a shootout, which usually happens in postseason runs... Does the Chiefs offense have the firepower this season to go win that game? Do they have what it takes to go win a 38-35 game? 
I still have my doubts about that, but the fact that that game could linger and exist and the Niners defense is not up to snuff right now does squelch a little my worry, but because the Chiefs offense has some concerns and the Niners defense has some concerns, I agree with you. This game feels like 23-17, maybe 27-24, similar to how we saw the Bills game, but this game doesn't smell like it's getting into the 30s or 40s in any capacity. I just, I guess at least for me, it has been a while since I've seen a quarterback really play well against this defense. And you are saying that this defense, outside of Charles Amenahu, and I understand that he is a major part of what they're doing, but it sounds like Willie Gay is going to play. And it's not realistic to think that you're going to get to the final week of the season and everybody is going to be healthy. you got 10 of your 11 starters that are coming into this game as full participant in practices and ready to go. And Charles Amena, who is what, their third best defensive lineman? That just feels like something that you can manage over the course of this game. I saw what this defense did to Josh Allen in the fourth quarter of the divisional round. I saw what this defense did to Lamar Jackson, aside from basically three plays in the game. Two long pass plays to Zay Flowers, and he had one good rush in the game. I just feel like there's going to be a stretch where it is pretty noticeable. Oh, this defense is different. And I think that San Francisco is going to be able to move the ball. They have too many pieces for me to think that Kansas City's defense can stop everything. They have the player that all season I was screaming, I think Christian McCaffrey is the NFL MVP. From week three of the season, I have been saying, hey, I think Christian McCaffrey is the best player in the league. They got Debo Samuel, they got Brandon Ayuk, and they got George Kittle. You are not stopping all four of those players. Who wins in the red zone? Can you get off the field and force them to kick field goals? Who can you take away from their offense? Can you take away a big pass play or two from Brandon Ayuk down the field? Can you limit Debo Samuel in this game? Debo Samuel is probably the eighth best wide receiver they have gone up against this year. And they have done a great job against all of them. Justin Jefferson, Tyree Kill, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs. And we can name the wide receivers. None of them have really had great days against Kansas City. I feel pretty confident in their ability to match up against the passing game. And I think their defense is, is disruptive enough that I think they're going to create a turnover for Brock Purdy. And you know me, I'm big on create turnovers, win the turnover margin. This is another game that I think they can win the turnover margin. And if you win the turnover margin, the odds drastically shift in your favor to win a game that feels like it's a coin flip. Coming up on the other side, the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, Clark Hunt, was on the station earlier today. I'll play the best of that conversation for you next. Keep it right here. So drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Lori Pearson, 610 Sports Radio. Get off my bumper traffic. Kansas City, it's Trent McDuffie. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Hey, let me tell you guys that right now you can get 15% off online orders for carryout or delivery at Jefferson's with the promo code 610SPORTS. Limit one per customer on a minimum $40 order. I actually had Jefferson's for the AFC Championship game that weekend, and let me tell you, it was a fan favorite where I was. It can be a fan favorite of your big game party. All you got to do is order online, 15% off, carry out delivery. Use the promo code 610SPORTS for your big game watch party. Earlier today, Clark Hunt was on the station. And you know what? When the owner of the team is on, I don't care whose show he was on, Fesco in the morning, Cody and Gold, if he was on the station, you need to hear it as you are driving home. And the conversation with Clark Hunt started with, what is it like to see the chief signage with all the Raiders stuff around. It's very fascinating what walking around uh, Allegiant Stadium, which uh, is so branded Raiders, uh, as is their practice facility where the Chiefs are practicing, is very much branded Raiders. And periodically you'll see a Chiefs logo uh, on the wall. And, and it's, it's hard to reconcile the, the two going together. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're glad to be here. We appreciate Mark Davis's and, and the Raiders' hospitality and the great facilities they have. Clark, we know that obviously the Super Bowl coming up in a few games is a big story, but obviously you guys and the Royals are very busy with the future stadium, both project and for the renovations at Arrowhead. When you looked at Arrowhead and you guys were honestly trying to decide between new building and stadium, how hard was the nostalgia part of it, the you know what Arrowhead meant to you and to your family and has meant to your family for so long when trying to decide where to take that money in the future. Yeah, well, first of all, let me say how thankful we are to the Jackson County Legislature for putting the issue on the ballot. Um, and we've had a tremendous partnership uh, with the city of Kansas City and Jackson County that you know goes, goes back uh, five or six decades now, and we hope to be able to, to extend uh, our stay uh, in Kansas City and Jackson County specifically uh, here on, on April 2nd with that, that initiative. Um, it, we did go through a very thorough uh, analysis of whether it made more sense for us to build a new stadium uh, or to renovate Arrowhead. And for a lot of reasons, we kept coming back to Arrowhead really being the, the right answer. Um, we had the renovation that was 17, 18 years ago now uh, that, that helped bring the stadium into the mod- modern era. And uh, even though you have all the, these new buildings around the NFL, which are great, right? We love going to SoFi. It's an amazing stadium, Allegiant, AT&T, uh, et cetera. Uh, Arrowhead ha- has weathered the test of time. It, it really has. Uh, it, it provides what we need to be successful in the National Football League. 
but there is also uh, a part of it that, that is very emotional for our family, and I really think for Chiefs fans in general. Uh, Chiefs fans and NFL fans love coming to GEHA Field at Arrowhead because it is iconic. It's one of the great stadiums in the NFL. Um, it's a little bit like going to Lambeau. I think every NFL fan at some point has to go to Lambeau. He went this year. <laughs> uh, Arrowhead has that, that same kind of kind of feel and notoriety. So uh, that was certainly part of the calculus in the end. Specifically in the, the renovation, I know full details haven't been, been announced yet, but my understanding is a retractable roof or a roof of any sort is not part of the renovation. What was the, the thinking with that as well? Is it is it kind of what Arrowhead has been, or what, how much discussion was there about adding that to the stadium? Yeah, that, that was something – that we tried to accomplish 20 years ago uh, when we did the, the renovation at that, that time. And uh, unfortunately, uh, that, that didn't pass. You know, probably in retrospect, uh, that, that would have been very tough uh, to accomplish from an engineering and architectural standpoint. We like playing in an outdoor stadium uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, like having the guys playing on grass. Uh, I think that's something that makes Kansas City attractive from a free agent standpoint. We also like playing in the elements in December and January. We think that gives us uh, an advantage, and I would point to uh, this year's wild card game at, as a prime example of that, right? That, that was a cold <laughs> evening for sure, but uh, I, I, think, I think it was to our advantage to be playing in, in that environment. So uh, the renovation plans do not include a roof. If, if you're able to get this passed on the ballot in April, do you think that you guys will need this more for just – making sure the stadium can hold together for the amount of time you guys would like to be under a new lease with Jackson County? Or do you think it comes with additional features for the building? Or, you know, like, what does that split look like for you guys? Yeah, it, it's definitely a combination of both. When, when you're dealing with a stadium that's 50-plus years old, uh, there are uh, structural and infrastructure issues that you just have to stay on top of. Um, uh, one of the reasons that we have the opportunity to do another renovation is because uh, the county, the sports authority, and the chiefs have done such a good job of maintaining the stadium. I can think of other old stadiums in the NFL, many of which are no longer uh, in use, uh, that you walked in, you felt like the building was falling down around you. Uh, We've been very conscious about trying to maintain Arrowhead as a top-flight NFL stadium, and that certainly will be our focus going forward as we take that building into its sixth, seventh, and eighth decade. Uh, We're going to have to make sure that that we take care of the infrastructure things. But at the same time, there are going to be new features, right? Uh, We're focused on new features on all three levels of the stadium because we want every fan that comes to – to a Chiefs game to, to appreciate uh, new amenities. Uh, we'll also uh, plan on doing some things in the parking lot, assuming that the, the Royals uh, leave Kauffman Stadium. Uh, so we, w- we want to make what I think is one of the best NFL game day experiences even better. With the, the vote happening on April 2nd, is there a timeline on when you expect to be able to announce some of those specifics? Yeah, our goal is uh, to get those out there in the next month. Um, we, 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 we know we're sort of short on time now. We're almost exactly uh, two months away from that, that vote uh, right now. And so we want to make sure uh, that, that the voters have that information as soon as possible. We're talking to the chairman and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs, Clark Hunt, here. All guests are presented by Spice and Foods, the official sauces of the Kansas City Chiefs. There were some reports or rumors out there over the last couple weeks around Andy Reid and his future was one report that suggested perhaps he could retire. In your conversations with Andy, what, what do you make of those reports, and, and do you believe that he's going to be coaching for many years to come? 
Yeah, I, I've been fascinated to see the number of articles out there speculating about uh, Andy's future. I, I have no sense from him uh, that he's ready to hang it up. Uh, I, he loves what he's doing. He is energized uh, by this team. Um, he has one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, so I'm not expecting him to, to step down at the end of the season and uh, look forward, hopefully, to him coaching the Chiefs for many more years. I think the way we always looked at it is, as much as, like, Andy has been a football guy maybe since birth. Like, we can go to the punt, pass, and kick video or whatever we have to to prove Andy is a football guy. We always had a hard time imagining, like, for a guy who loves coaching as much as he does, getting Patrick Mahomes, like, getting that level of quarterback play, I feel like as a coach, like, in your conversation with Andy, wouldn't that be a really difficult thing to want to not be near? Yeah, certainly that would be my perspective on it. Um, And and I know he loves uh, coaching Patrick, the the two of them. Uh, you know, their minds, I think, really think alike. <clears throat> and uh, uh, he, Andy's in the middle of one of the greatest runs in NFL history right now in terms of AFC championship success, Super Bowl success. So uh, hopefully that's a motivating factor for him to stay with us for a long time. We were talking about as it relates to Bobby Wood Jr. When you have a player like Patrick Mahomes, is that the easiest check you ever sign? <laughs> like, we feel like that's how it must have been next door, been like, yeah, that's fine. We're happy to pay Bobby. Is that is that the easy check to sign? Yeah, when we did Patrick's uh, original deal, which uh, you know had a uh, a, a face uh, price of five hundred million, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, which sounded just incredible. I had half a billion dollars. Uh, it it no doubt was a lot of money. Uh, but when you have a, a player of Patrick's caliber, the, those are easy checks to write. One thing that Patrick mentioned on the stage with you after the AFC title game when you were getting the Lamar Hunt trophy was also uh, your, your mother and, and, and Norma Hunt and having that patch this year. Does that, does that make this year even more special just knowing that, that she was honored throughout this season? Yeah, it, it sure does. And, and I would go back to last year's Super Bowl and uh, as a family, we felt so fortunate that we were able to get her to that game because her health was already failing. <clears throat> and uh, it was, you know, so fantastic and, and uplifting to see her get to celebrate uh, another Super Bowl win in, in what would end up being her last Super Bowl. Certainly, uh, starting with that onstage ceremony um, last uh, uh, Sunday when we won the AFC Championship, all the way through the Super Bowl is going to be very emotional for our family. Uh, I've found myself thinking about her and my dad a lot uh, over the la- last 10 days. Um, you know, Patrick was so thoughtful uh, to mention winning the Lamar Hunt Trophy with my mother's initials uh, on, on the jersey. So she'll be in the back of our minds for sure, and I know she and my dad are, are looking down and be cheering on the Chiefs on Sunday. Which of their Super Bowl traditions do you find yourself carrying on? <clears throat> like you don't go to that many Super Bowls with not having some things you do for every single one of them, right? Yeah, well, one of the things that we always uh, did with my mom when we got to the Super Bowl was we would stop outside the stadium as a family and take a photo. Uh, you know, with with the logo for that that year's Super Bowl. So we'll probably do that that in her honor this year. That was Clark Hunt earlier today. He was on the midday show with Cody and Gold. Great stuff from Clark Hunt. A lot of insight into the stadium. They feel the same way about Arrowhead that you guys feel about Arrowhead. I understand the frustration with the Kansas City Royals and them wanting a new stadium, but the tax is tied into them preserving Arrowhead Stadium as well. That's a major reason why I think it is going to pass 
I mean, the Chiefs have been pretty steadfast this entire time. We do not want a new building. We do not want a new structure. We love what we have here, and it's going to be even better once the Royals move. We endorse this three-eighths of a cent sales tax. Very interesting times in Kansas City, and we are two months away from seeing what the residents of Jackson County decide to do with the three-eighths of a cent sales tax. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to The Drive. Now CDOT's got one extra point. Yesterday, we saw the Kansas Jayhawks lose to the Kansas State Wildcats. Now, K-State fans, I come in peace. I really do. But I disagree with Jerome Tang. I do. There's nothing wrong with storming the court. There's nothing wrong with it. Storming the court is cool. It's fun. It is a highlight of your time in college. You look back and you tell the story and you have the picture. You know what I have just accepted about college basketball? I've accepted that I am not going, I I am no longer in love with the basketball part of college basketball. I don't know who the players are. The games are not very well played. Like I don't love the basketball part. I appreciate all the other things about college basketball. So you know what? Run on the court. Have fun. There's nothing cooler than at the end of an upset or the end of a big game where all the students come on the court and they have a good time. So this Jerome Tang, act like you've been there, act like you beat Kansas. Sure, I get the mentality of it, but you know what? It makes college basketball less enjoyable for me. So run on the court. Don't hurt anybody. I don't want to see any fights. Let's not run into people the way that Caitlin Clark got ran into, but run on the floor. Then today, as I was driving into work, he doesn't want you to say FKU. That's part of what makes college basketball college basketball. It's the fans. It's the people. It's the pageantry. It's the environment. Let them have fun. I used to really care about the basketball part of it. Ooh, who's going who's gonna to be the next guy in the league? I'll wait till they get to the league to figure it out. Can none of these kids shoot? Can none of them play? I've seen Kevin McCuller play at least 15 times. If you're telling me that guy's an NBA player, you don't watch the NBA. You just don't watch it. I just I, I don't know what to do anymore. I just throw my hands up and I just accept it. I don't want to be the old guy. Well, back in my day, college basketball was so much better. Well, yeah, it was better because they let him run on the court. Yeah, because they were letting him have fun. And they were screaming, F the other team. I love when they do that at Mizzou games. Oh, when they start to sing Mr. Brightside and you know it's coming, I don't care who they're playing. Florida State, Ohio State, Kansas State, it doesn't matter to me. If Missouri is competing, it's FKU. Let them have fun, man. Let them run on the court. Act like you've been there before. K-State, I remember when KU used to whoop y'all ass. Now you you too good to run on the floor? 
You guys are you guys are above it now. Some of you didn't see KU lose in Bramlage Coliseum until you were 27 years old. Now you just you're just too good to run on the floor. Stop it. Run on the floor. Be happy. Celebrate. Enjoy it. That's all I got today. I did enjoy the game yesterday. It was fun. It was very enjoyable. If I was a case, if I mean, my team's frustrating. If I was a K-State fan, I, I they frustrate me at times because they got so much potential, you know, so much potential. But, man, they have stretches where they're very, very frustrating. Watching college basketball is just accepting that your team's not going to score for like six minutes. <laughs> it's just accepting it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, I'm just watching them get cardio for the time being. This is great. Back again tomorrow. Take care of yourself. It's the drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t